0: The True Crime Society podcast contains adult themes and violence and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
1: If you'd like to skip the intro, please refer to the timestamp listed in the episode description. Thank you.
0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the True Crime Society podcast with Stephanie and Olivia. Peep is also here annoying me. Um, she's like right under the microphone. So if you hear, she's here. Also, I sound stuffy. I'm like having bad allergies to something. I've taken allergy medicine and cold medicine. So hopefully it starts to help soon. Um, you sound like so- less... Than you did when we did the Patreon. So maybe I feel it's a little less stuffy, but not really at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it, it's just I'm pretty allergic to ragweed and that's like the fall allergy here. So yeah, I don't know. I can't even use my brain because of all that. I did survive my trip upstate. I know I talked <laughs> about it last episode. I was scared of getting murdered didn't get murdered we did hear some like really scary coyotes though like they were talking to each other which living in new york you'd think i'd hear them more but not like that because it was like i said it's like the wilderness so it's scary and they were just howling and like barking and then there's these birds there that are called loons that live on the lake and they also make really scary sounds at night that almost sound like coyotes too So, yeah, I'm not used to that type of wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> the real wilderness. <laughs> yeah, the real no, the wilderness. Kind of
2: Suburban wilderness.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I, I'll get a scary animal sometimes. Like I know because my dad has cameras set up in our yard and stuff. So we'll get bobcats and a lot of foxes. But I'm also like there's a bunch of houses here and a bunch of roads. So it's not like you're in the middle of the woods where it's like scary. <sighs> we can even get bears. We got a bear on our trail camera too. Mm. Not, not where I currently live as – We've all heard I don't have a yard. (laughs) Um, I'm always like, I don't have anything to talk about. And then I just ramble about the most (laughs) random shit. Um, But yeah, trying to keep the chat minimal because this episode might be a little Mm. long. I know some of you are like, the longer the better, but I'll lose my voice after a while. (laughs) (laughs) When I was upstate, actually, too, though, we'll talk about it when we get close to the end of this episode. So we're talking about Charlotte Senna, but I was like less than an hour away from where she was abducted from. So that was a little crazy. I wanted to go search, but I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I had to go home to feed my cats. (laughs) And then one other thing, we were considering changing our song, the podcast song, because we've had it for over three years. So we did a vote on Patreon. I even picked some other options because I was like, everyone has to be sick of this song. Because we do get random complaints. It's very controversial. People either really like the song or like it's the worst ever. It's too poppy. It's <laughs> aggressive. Please stop. <laughs> it's true too. <laughs> like that's really what they say. One woman said she couldn't. Um, I don't know if I sent this to one to you because I think it was on Spotify and sometimes there's just too many. But one woman was like, I can't listen to this podcast because the song is so out of hand that it wakes up my husband. <laughs> when he's sleeping (laughs) I was like ma'am these headphones are like turn the volume down anyways so we did the vote on Patreon and everyone was like no please don't change it we love it and people said their kids dance to it and like their pets love it and just everyone loved it and it made them happy so we're not gonna change it (laughs) I feel like sometimes in this crazy world
2: people just need a constant maybe that song is the constant
0: (laughs) yeah a lot of people are like I hate change (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, I like the song. That's why we picked yeah. it. So I was just worried everyone secretly hated it and wasn't telling me. No, they would just definitely that, tell us if everyone just that one it. Just that one
2: lady whose
0: husband doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so sorry for the people who don't like it, but, like, you could just fast forward. I'll put a timestamp where the song ends. <laughs> just kidding. I'm not going to do that. Anything else? Do you want to talk about anything?
2: Yeah, it's been a pretty quiet week here. The kids go back to school on Monday. Our spring break is over. We had the big football game, which I think I spoke about in the last episode. We had that last Sunday. It was so hot. It was like a million degrees. It was like being in the depths of hell. Mm-hmm. But it was so much fun. They had Tina Turner. like Obviously, not the real Tina Turner now, but a Tina Turner <laughs> impersonator, I guess you'd call she it. She just
0: died recently, right?
2: Yeah, she died this year. I don't know what month, but recently. She was in my year. death pool. Mm. I'm pretty sure um and she did some songs so she did the nutbush which we all love in australia <laughs> simply the best and i think it was river deep mountain high was the other one it was it was really fun there was just something different they usually like the other so this i went to the rugby league grand final the other football code here is australian rules football and at the australian rules they had kiss that was their like oh. entertainment <laughs> so we kind of got the budget version but it was still really fun that's
0: cool did your
2: team win uh, well, I, don't, I didn't really have a team in this one. We bought tickets because my husband is from New Zealand and he's a New Zealand Warriors fan. So they were up, like they made the game before the semifinal. So we bought tickets in the hope that they would make it. So they didn't, so we didn't really have a team. Uh, but um, it was a fun. great game. It was like, it was such a good game. Like yeah, I won't go into the details because everyone will be bored. But right up until the last <laughs> few minutes, it was even. So it was it was really really good. Like I was hoping at least for a good game, not like a you know a railroading or something like that. So no, it was good fun. Everyone, it was just a long hot day, but it was really really good fun.
0: Yeah, last episode when we've talked about it, remember I was like, well, you guys don't have usher like the super Bowl. Now <laughs> we also have Taylor Swift, which I'm sure everyone yes. has seen because the media. <laughs> Cannot stop. Leave her alone. Yeah. Oh, it's insane. I'm like every, I, I like Taylor Swift. I'm not like an obsessed fan or anything. I really care about football, but I know who he is enough and his brother and like the mom and all that. But I'm like, Okay, I've seen about 37 fucking articles because (laughs) I've complained about the Facebook algorithm before. It's like you look at one thing one time and it's like, here's 10 more versions of the same exact thing that I think you'll also like.
3: Like, like No, if I read
2: one, I don't need the rest. The selfie with Hugh Jackman and Blake Lively and then you see the info about Taylor's outfit that she wore to the football game.
0: (laughs) Yeah, everything. All right. Well... Me not having anything to talk about, I will always find a way. <laughs> <Ten minutes. laughs> I'll find a way to, to chat and make everyone suffer. <laughs> we'll get into the the episode. We're gonna talk about I don't even think I said what we're gonna talk about, but did mention Charlotte, but not the whole episode. Um I mean you guys have the episode title, so you probably know, but we're gonna talk about Madalena Kojakari. She is another missing child, and then Charlotte Senna who was a missing child. We all know probably that she has been found. Madalena, I feel like it's kind of flown under the radar. Yeah,
2: it kind of reminds me a little bit of Oakley Carlson. um, Yes, the same, in Harmony. Yeah, yeah. more Like even Oakley more so because I believe, if I remember rightly, that Oakley was reported missing when she didn't turn up to school, which is kind of the same as that. But yeah, I agree that this one is totally under the radar. It's actually such a wild – case like when you deep dive you're like what is going on and I just can't believe that it's you know she's she's on the FBI missing persons list like there's been a lot of investigation but just not a huge amount of media coverage or I guess interest I feel in like because
0: at first there wasn't like a ton of information out yeah um, and I feel
2: like too when a case is delayed like hers was like we'll get into it but she wasn't reported missing for a while after she was last seen that kind of limits the amount of evidence and the
0: real-time interest yeah because you're like yeah. well clearly the parents were probably involved yeah um actually only heard of it when i sent it to you it was because our fave brian enton posted about it because they will do random like missing person profiles in honor of gabby petito so that's where i even heard of it it's an interesting one when we posted that we were recording about it people were reading about it and they're like um this is ridiculous what the <laughs> hell
3: So we will get into those. For more than seven months the world has been wondering what happened to missing 11-year-old Madalina Kojakari, who's now 12 and from Cornelius. Newly released court documents show Madalina's mother believes the young girl may have been sold for cash. It's a part tell-all from jail, where Madalina's mom, Diana Kojikari, and Madalina's stepfather, Christopher Palmetter, remain charged with not reporting Madalina missing. The new search warrants reveal Madalena's mom, Diana Kodakari, calls her own mom from jail and talks about a bag with money and withdrawing cash. Diana then, according to the warrants, appears to blame her husband, Christopher Palmer, for Madalena's disappearance, putting out the theory that he gave the girl away for money. But in another phone call from jail from Palmetto to his family members, he says that Diana had a lot of cash with her and he didn't know where it came from. Okay, so we're going to get
0: into Madalena Kojukari first. She was 11 years old when she went missing in November 2022. So almost exactly a year ago, getting there, from Cornelius, North Carolina. And according to the FBI... Madalena was was last seen on surveillance video getting off her school bus outside her home in Cornelius, North Carolina on November 21st, 2022, and she has not been seen since. She was reported missing to her school on December 15th, so a little less than a month later than when she was last seen. And her parents reported last seeing her on the 23rd, which is two days after she was seen on the bus, so... So Madalena was living in Cornelius with her mother and stepfather. Her mother is Diana Kojokari and her stepfather is Christopher Palmer. We believe that Madalena was born in Moldova and she moved with Diana to the US when she was a toddler. Um, we've seen her birthday listed as April 11th, 2011.
2: So Moldova is an Eastern European country and a former Soviet Republic. They speak Romanian there. Um so it's kind of in that eastern block, I guess,
0: near Ukraine, Romania, yeah, Bulgaria. The, the grammars and in interviews is talking in Russian, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I was like, I could put in clips of her talking and then I was like, Well
2: I um, did try to see if I could find any other information about, you know, any other children that maybe Christopher had or I don't I don't think Diana has any other children, as far as I can tell, but everything just focuses on Madalena.
0: So as of November 2022, Diana was 37 and Christopher 60. So it does seem like he is much older than her. The family are said to have been quiet and that they mainly kept to themselves. One of Diana's Facebook friends spoke with Fox News Digital. She only had 16 friends on Facebook. So I guess they were just reaching out to some. They said... Our friend who we know the family through said that to us like they had no friends. That's why they would come to this family friend get together. That was really one of their only social times. Diana was also described as quiet and kind of on the outskirts during this group vacation that I guess this friend group would go on and they would come along. It was actually friends who were close with Christopher a long time ago. Seems like they weren't that close to them. The Facebook friend also said, Nothing out of the norm, just more of a quiet to themselves kind of family. They did engage and talk and interact and have conversations with everyone, just more quiet. So Madalena seemed to be a typical child. The friend said, we're pretty shocked my son would play with Madalena every year when we would have these vacations. They would hang out and play and do kid things. So yeah, it's pretty shocking. Um, They also said that Madalena was 100% a normal little girl based on what she had observed during the group trips. So in terms of a timeline for Madalena's case on Monday, November 21st, 2022, is the last day that anyone outside of her family saw her. Mrs. D. Lampkin, who is a sixth grade school counselor at Madalena's school, which is Bailey Middle School in Cornelius, later told police that this was Madalena's last recorded day at school and their CCTV footage of Madalena getting off the school bus at 4.59 p.m. that day. Late. Bit of a final image, like there's a few kids before and b- after her, and she's just got like, her backpack on getting off the bus. I wonder if she did after school stuff, because five o'clock is pretty late. Mm. So jumping forward a little bit, Madalena was reported missing on December 15th, 2022, a little less than a month later. On December 12th, 2022, Bailey Middle School Resource Officer Jay Nobles and Mrs. D. Lampkin went to Madalena's home because the child had not attended school since late November and nobody answered the door. So they left a truancy packet at the home. The school counselor then called Diana on December 14th and asked to meet, to meet about Madalena and her truancy from the school. Diana told the counselor that she would bring Madalena into the school the following day. And of course, that did not happen. Diana arrived to the school on the 15th without Madalena. So the sixth grade counselor called the school resource officer into the meeting. And Diana told them that Madalena actually went missing on November 22nd at noon. When was the bus, the 22nd or the 21st? 21st sorry uh, okay went missing on november 22nd at noon and diana later changed that story and said that she actually last saw madalina on november 23rd at 10 p.m weird to not remember when, you, when your <laughs> kid disappeared <laughs> um after madalina was reported missing police went to their home for the first time on december 15th so when detectives arrived they found that part of the kitchen was blocked off with plywood and Christopher told the police that he was actually building a separate apartment over there, according to the court documents. So police got a search warrant and searched the other parts of the home that day and they seized two phones at that time.
4: Last night, a North Carolina community came together holding a vigil for missing 11 year old Madelina Kojakari.
5: We want to pray for her. We want to keep everything positive.
4: As the Cornelius Police Department releases new video of what investigators say is the last time they can confirm. Madelina was seen in public. The short clip from November 21st shows her getting off the school bus heading home. It's the last day she was at school, but she was not reported missing until more than three weeks later on December 15th. Police say her school tried contacting her family, eventually sending a counselor and resource officer to their home December 12th. Two days later on the 14th, police say Madalena's mother, Diana Kojakari, told a counselor she would bring Madalena with her the following day, but court documents say she arrived without her daughter and then told them that Madalena had been missing since November 23rd. The 23rd would have been two days after she was seen getting off the bus. I was shocked. I was completely shocked. An arrest sheet shows Madalena's stepfather Christopher Palmer, told police the last time he saw her was on November 16th. When officers asked Diana why she did not report Madalena missing earlier, she said she was worried it might start a conflict between her and Christopher.
0: Once police started investigating, they put together a timeline of what happened after Madalena was last seen on CCTV. On November 23rd, 2022, Christopher said that he drove to Michigan to pick up items. He also told police that by that date, he hadn't seen Madalena for a week. So... That's weird because she was on camera. Yeah, two days before. So, like, was he not? There's so many kind of stories that just don't add up. Also, Michigan to North Carolina, far. And just to pick up items, strange. (laughs) But I feel like that has to be easy enough to verify checking, like, his car info. Like, did he get gas? Was he on camera getting gas? Can they prove he went to Michigan?
2: It's interesting what they've released. Like, they've released kind of tidbits, but I feel like there must be so much more that they're holding
0: on to. Yeah, like, they haven't said if they verified that he went to Michigan or not, but should be easy enough to verify or not. But just to pick up some items in Michigan, very far away, seems kind of ridiculous. Um, November 23rd is the day that Diana told police that she noticed Madalena was missing. <laughs> Diana also told police that Christopher actually left for Michigan on November 24th and not the 23rd, as per his story. She said the couple had argued the night before he left for Michigan. Christopher returned home on November 26, 2022, from Michigan, and he told police that when he got back, he asked Diana where Madalena was, and Diana said she didn't know where she was. Christopher told authorities he told Diana that he didn't know where Madalena was either. They reportedly both accused each other of hiding Madalena. Despite not being able to find her, neither one of them reported her missing. This part is where I'm like, I mean, there's a lot that doesn't make sense, but Christopher said he already hadn't seen her for a week and then he went to Michigan for at least three days. And then he comes back and she's still missing.
2: Like my daughter is Madalena's age, a little tiny bit younger, and I've got one that's a little bit older. It's like, I just don't know. Oh yeah, we
0: just noticed they're missing. Like, I don't know. It's... But also, how would... So, like, then the wife's like, well, I don't know where she is either. And, like, Mm. she's accusing him of hiding her. But, like, he hasn't even been there, allegedly. Mm. And you think think is not Madeline, Diana is home alone, I'm assuming, while he is allegedly in Michigan. Michigan. Like, any normal people, if your kid is missing, wouldn't you be calling your significant other, freaking out? (laughs) Makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, she's not – it's not like she's old enough to be, like, out and about on her own. Oh, no, like, she, and she doesn't, which we're we'll getting too late, she doesn't have a phone, she doesn't have
2: anything. Like, it's not like she's just a child who is very independent. It seems like she wasn't before this.
0: And then still, neither of them report her missing. They're just like, oh, she'll, she'll turn up. Um, Christopher told police that he asked Diana many times where Madalena was over the following weeks. And court documents say that he asked Diana if she had hidden Madalena um, and she wouldn't give him a straight answer to that. When police asked Diana why she didn't report Madalena missing, she said that she was worried it would create conflict between her and Christopher. Diana also told police that she contacted her family in Moldova about the situation, and they advised her to contact the police. She told them that Christopher had put the family in danger. She also told police that Madalena did not have a phone and that a backpack and some clothes were missing from the house. It's basically insinuating that, you know, her and Christopher had an argument and made that Triggered Madalina to run away. She said that Madalina didn't have any friends that she would have gone to stay with, and they didn't have any close family in the country. So then on November 30th, officers said they were called to the couple's home after a small fire was seen burning between this address and the car wash. I guess they lived near a car wash. A neighbor later told police that Diana was burning what turned out to be furniture in the backyard. I've saw people say that it was a couch, and yeah, also I've possibly seen the couch as well. I saw some people saying also a children's bed, but I haven't seen that verified. So police believe that at some point between November 22nd and December 15th, that Diana drove her Prius to Madison County, North Carolina. Authorities wrote that in a text message on December 2nd, 2022, Diana Kojikari indicated she was in the presence of the missing child. And on December 4th, Diana Kojikari traveled toward the North Carolina mountains, claiming to be searching for Madalena. I wish they elaborated on that. Like, what did the text say? Yeah. I just. Like, uh, <laughs> me and Madelina are just hanging out.
2: Yeah. I'm so confused in this case because it seems like there's so much conflicting info, even given from the police. Like, you know, no one saw her, but then the police are saying that she's indicating she was in the presence. I don't know. I don't know. It's just a lot going on.
0: Yeah. It seems like the info that the police let out, like you're saying, I'm sure there's so much it's more.
2: Practical, I think, what they've
0: let out. But, but like, on our end, it seems so random and like missing context almost where you're like this doesn't make sense or yeah. i wish we knew more about this so yeah that's not just us like doing a bad job that's just the story that's what it out is, yeah. right now diana was also then seen at a service station in hickory north carolina on december 3rd 2022 and she was getting an oil change so the attendant at the oil change place they verified that they did see children's toys in the car but there wasn't any minor children, and that Madalena was not present in the car. On December 16, 2022, Sugar Mountain Police Department provided investigators with photos of a man and a female child. The child did resemble Madalena, and the man was identified as Octavian Sebanu. Octavian is a distant relative of Madalena and Diana. I saw one report saying a cousin,
3: mm. but
0: I don't know how distant or what. Um, And that information was not made public until 2023. So we'll go back to that and just, like, keep going in the chronological way the story was initially coming out. So on December 16th, Christopher sent a text message via Facebook acknowledging that the family was in some kind of investigation. He said Madelina was missing and the police took all of their electronics except for an old phone and his personal computer. Christopher said he believed the police overlooked the computer which Diana was then using to call her parents. The message actually said, we're in some kind of investigation. Maddie is missing and the local police have taken all of our electronics. Luckily, I have an old phone. Although they did not take my personal computer, probably because they overlooked it, Diana is using it now to call her parents. Again, weird message. Just be like, we're in some kind of investigation. Like, Maddie's missing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, wouldn't your family already know about this because you'd be so worried about your missing kid and... You'd be like freaking out. Just all around strange. On December 17th, 2022, Christopher and Diana were arrested and charged with failing to report the disappearance of a child. Christopher appeared in court on December 19th and his bond was set at $200,000. Diana appeared in court on December 20th and her bond was set at $250,000.
6: It's the last time Madalena Kojakari was seen in public, on video, getting off of her school bus on November 21st. But her mother and stepfather didn't tell anyone she was missing for three more weeks, leading a grand jury to indict them.
5: It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean we got them. It's just the next step in the formal process of getting to Superior Court.
6: Aaron Lee, a defense attorney who is not associated with this case, says grand jury proceedings are always held privately. In this case, it once again allowed prosecutors to keep what they know close to the chest in an effort to protect the investigation. Search warrants are sealed until at least the end of March. The order to seal those warrants shows investigators obtained a search warrant for Christopher Palmitar's cell phone and the call detail records for him and Diana Kojicari. Investigators likely looking into who Pomiter was talking to and where he was.
5: A lot of crimes that are committed when they have cell phones on, uh, it results in a lot of convictions because your cell phone gives so much data about where you are, when you were there. Now, it's not precise. But depending on how many cell towers are there, it can it can triangulate it pretty well.
6: But notably, there is not a search warrant for Madalena's
5: mother's phone. It may not be there. It may already be destroyed. It may be a simple flip phone where you don't even have data, Um, you know. And I would be curious as to why, for sure. It's a big question to know why. As a defense attorney, I'd want to know why that that phone wasn't seized and searched.
0: On December 21st, police obtained a search warrant for the family home at 18413 Victoria Bay Drive in Cornelius. Um, we'll put the court documents on the blog, but a lot of the information is redacted. It's basically just like the general knowledge stuff that you can read. But it says the search warrant, they're looking to stuff related to Madalena Kojakari, who's missing, and just kind of lists the stuff that they're looking into. Um like any physical evidence, any electronic devices, papers, tickets, notes, schedules, receipts, rental, purchase agreement, automobile stuff, samples of blood, bodily fluids, just the usual stuff. Firearms, knives, anything you'd suspect that they'd want to take. So not overly interesting. I feel like it's just kind of like standard the usual. On December 22nd, 2022, Madalena's family released a statement it is handwritten which I have never seen before but you know the police took all of their computers except one. But I feel like that this
2: is not actually from the parents it's from like extended family. Oh is it? I think like it's it's weird because it doesn't actually like but it just says Madalena's family like I've linked the article. Yeah, on and I'll just I saw it up.
0: What I saw on too, it just kind of was like the family released a statement.
2: It just says from Madalena's family. So it, like I, I haven't ever seen it clarified and
0: it's not signed by anyone. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just assumed it was directly from the parents, but it doesn't say that. And the extended family does seem pretty involved with speaking to the media. So I don't know if it's a statement they all agreed upon or who it's directly from. But anyways, I've still never seen like a handwritten note. It says, we as a family are devastated and absolutely heartbroken to learn that Madalena is missing. We love Madalena and are shocked by these circumstances. This is something no child or family should ever have to endure. Our family is doing everything we know to do to support the efforts to find Madalena and bring her home. We are and continue to have hope and positivity in this difficult time and pray that she is found safe very soon. We know and greatly appreciate that the local, state, national, and online communities have come together to share flyers, offer positive support, hold prayer vigils, support law enforcement, and are doing everything possible to find and bring Madalena safely home. We're also appreciative of all the efforts and endless hours and boots on the ground of the local, state, federal law enforcement agencies involved with the same goal. Madalena is a beautiful, smart, kind, and loving 11-year-old girl with greatness in her future. We're desperate to find her. Right now, she needs all of our help. We ask for your continued positive support in sharing far and wide the posters and pictures of Madalena. Each and every share may be one step closer to finding her. If you believe you have seen Madalena or have any information related to her whereabouts, please contact your local law enforcement agency or the Cornelius North Carolina Police Department and come forward with this information. Anything may help. Our family would like to express sincere gratitude to each and every one of you. For your support, our family will continue to do everything we know and learn to do for Madalena's safe return home. Blessings. So on December 23rd, 2022, the FBI released new photos of Madalena. It's funny because I must follow that FBI account saying, because I remember seeing these pictures <laughs> and this cute little like horse thing. And I was like, oh, but I still didn't really read much about the story until like a couple weeks ago. Um, but the new photos they put out in a tweet, FBI Charlotte tweeted and they Said, earlier this week, we told you, Madelina loves horses. You can see the pure joy she feels when she takes her plastic ponies to the beach. So that was the one I remember. And I was like, Aw. um, And then I'll and she enjoys riding the real pony named Rain. And there's a cute picture of her with the pony. And she's got a little helmet on, a little tie-dye shirt. And she's mm-hmm. smiling. And she looks looks cute and happy.
2: Yeah, she looks little. I don't know if that's an older photo, but she does look tiny there. <laughs> Yeah. So on December 28th, 2022, Diana and Christopher were meant to appear in court. The judge announced that there would not be a bond hearing for Diana but mentioned that she did surrender her passport. The judge said the state would take no action on the bond but added a condition that Christopher must surrender his passport too. So a lot of the info in this episode comes from the court documents that were initially released in January 2023, and this information comes from WBTV about the documents being released Basically, a reporter named Nick Oshner went before the judge, asking her to make the search warrants public. Six search warrants had been executed in relation to the case, but because the warrants were sealed, it wasn't clear what the investigators were looking for. Basically, the warrants were for the house and for the couple's phone records. The state had argued that making the information public could negatively impact the search for Madalena, and the attorney said there is no amount of public interest in these documents that could outweigh the attempts to find this little girl. But the reporter argued that the public has a great interest in knowing and finding Madelina, and he also said that there was no evidence that the release of the search warrants would kind of impact the case. He argued that if the court were to keep the details a secret, the public would speculate, which isn't helpful to the case and that's when the judge unsealed a lot of the documents. She said that she unsealed the affidavit because the details are already public and she unsealed certain parts of the search warrant but redacted things that were returned to the family after the search was completed. So on January 11th, 2023, police seized a hard drive from a company that Christopher had hired back in 2021. They took the hard drive with the intent of searching it for files, images, videos, and emails, and any other kind of information that could help in the search for Madalena. Diana's car was searched in February, 2023, which I can't believe it took that long, but for some reason it did. There's a warrant that says on Thursday, February 10th, 2023 at 1.50, the canine alerted on the driver's side of the door, which was suspect Diana Kojikari's vehicle. Interesting they call her a suspect, but I guess she is. Mm. K9 is trained to alert on any and all narcotics. The dog was also alerted on the vehicle on Monday, February 13th, 2023, when a search warrant for the vehicle was obtained. So we know that inside the car they found a Moldova Deva card, which belonged to Diana, Madalena's Romanian and Moldovan passports, Diana's Romanian passport, a miscellaneous education and work certificate. So it seems like for some reason she was keeping all of these official and important documents in her car. Yeah, sketchy. On March 8th, we learned more about Octavian's sub- Sibanu or Sabanu, who is the distant relative that we spoke about who has been apparently seen with Madalena. It says that investigators found that Diana had extensive communication on December 2, 2022 with Octavian. His phone records revealed multiple calls to phone numbers belonging to unidentified targets involving ongoing drug narcotic trafficking investigations. Diana also asked Octavian if he could help smuggle them away from their home because she was in a bad relationship with her husband and she wanted a divorce. There was an alleged sighting of Madalena at Lowe's Foods, apparently with Octavian in Linville, North Carolina on December 16th, 2022. But in the last few weeks, apparently that's been debunked and it wasn't Madalena. So we'll go into that a bit later just to kind of keep with the chronological timeline. But at the time, police said that they had seen a child that resembled Madalena at the store. So April 11th, 2023 marked Madalena's 12th birthday. David Baucom, who was the chief of the Cornelius police, said our goal is to find Madalena. On April 14th, 2023, Diana was found to be in possession of a baggie with white powder while she was in prison. She was charged with possession of a controlled substance. A test concluded that the powder was cocaine and fentanyl based and Diana claimed that she had found the bag in the shower. And this is a really random kind of Part of the story. But so that was April. In July, on July 6, jail records show that the drug charge against Diana had been dismissed without leave by the district attorney's office. Some articles, and I've read different accounts, say that the substance was sent for testing and it was determined not to be a controlled substance. So even though they said they tested it and it was cocaine and fentanyl, they're now saying some say it wasn't a controlled substance, while other reports say the charge was dropped due to insufficient evidence. So I'm not entirely sure what that's correct. That's so confusing. And they're two two totally different stories. Like, one is A, it's not drugs. The other one is B, there's not enough evidence. So, I don't know. Which
0: doesn't make sense. Like, if you literally have the drugs, how's there not enough evidence? Unless they mean there's not enough evidence because it actually wasn't a controlled substance or was incognizant. Yeah, I don't know. It's a very weird kind of side note to the
2: story. Yeah. On July 10, a tip came in that Madalena had been seen at a gas station in California A user in the Find Madalena Facebook group said she was driving to Susanville on July 5 when she stopped at a Valera gas station in Weaverville. She spotted a young girl there who asked for a ride up north and the poster said the girl looked a lot like Madalena.
7: I'm a parent and my daughter went to Madalena's school and my son has played with children in her neighborhood. And it was just heartbreaking to see that she's missing. It's been nearly eight months since Madalena Kojokari was last seen in public getting off a school bus back in November. Now a post on the Find Madalena Kojokari Facebook group is getting some attention after a woman shared her belief that she saw the Cornelius girl in California. Everybody's holding out hope that, that she can be found. In the post, the woman who did not want to be interviewed shared an encounter with a young girl who appeared to be alone asking for a ride at a gas station in Weaverville in Northern California. Concerned about her personal safety, she did not give her a ride, but did report the sighting to Cornelius police after she stumbled onto Madelina's missing report. Cornelius police say they are aware of the tip and detectives are following up on the information. In the meantime, former FBI agent M. Quinton Williams says the best thing people can do is share Madalina's photo.
4: Now we have social media and everybody is empowered. As long as you're on the platform, you are empowered to get the word out. So at the very least, everybody can blast it on the Internet.
7: He applauds the woman's effort to report the incident because he says all information is important in cases like these.
4: We have about 800 50,000 law enforcement officers in America, but we have over 330 million people. The way we're going to solve crime is if those 330 million people are involved with the solutions of these cases.
2: On July 18, 2023, documents were released regarding a phone conversation between Diana and her mother, which were made while Diana was in jail. During the call, they discussed, quote, a bag of money, withdrawing cash, and a theory that Christopher gave Madelina away for money. There was another recorded jail cell between Christopher, his brother, and his sister-in-law, and in that call he mentioned that Diana had a lot of cash and he didn't know where it came from. In the recorded call, Christopher says there is, quote, financial stuff coming up and his brother tells him not to worry about the financial stuff. On August 17, 2023, Diana and Christopher both pleaded not guilty to their charges in Madalena's disappearance. Christopher was granted a secured $25,000 bond with electronic monitoring and pre-trial supervision. Diana was not granted bail. Brandon Roseman is Christopher's attorney and he said that his client has cooperated with police and that they believe Diana is hiding Madalena. The attorney said he told police on several occasions he believes that Diana had taken Madalina somewhere into the mountains. He told detectives specifically that he believes Diana took her somewhere and that she is safe. Christopher has said that Diana believed he was putting Madalina in danger by naming her as the beneficiary on an investment account. The attorney said in the interviews he gave to police he's adamant he doesn't believe Diana harmed Madalena. He believes that Diana believes Madelina is in danger from some unknown third party apparently related to him placing money and assigning benefits to her in a 401k account, something that doesn't make any sense. So another kind of story about what could have happened to her. It really, it really doesn't make sense. From what I've seen, like they don't seem to have like a lot of money. Like he's not a billionaire that someone might put a target on Madalena to get that money. It's just like, yeah, there's no reason to be paranoid about that. It doesn't seem.
0: And there's no easy – yeah, like they're not wealthy and there's no easy way to – see if he has a 401k and who the beneficiary is. It's not like she'd be, as far as we know, inheriting millions from a 401k. It's just weird. <laughs> um, so Rudika
2: Kojikari is Madalena's grandmother. She spoke to the media in August this year and she said that she believed Christopher had trafficked Madalena for money. She said, my granddaughter is alive, but she's been kidnapped. She told them that she believes Diana and Madalena were sold to traffickers for $5 million. Radika said, Chris is the instrument. He stalked them for two years. They had no documents in his home. He stole their documents, which is a little bit untrue because we know that they, they were, were in the car. the car. But she said he stole their documents and held them in his home like prisoners. Later, he would use narcotics to make them sleep, both Madalena and Diana. He used these narcotics in their juice. They drank it and he took Madalena out of the bedroom and gave her over to traffickers. I don't know to whom. So when the media asked why Madelina hadn't been found, Radika said that she believes Madalena had plastic surgery to disguise her appearance. She said, he says he doesn't know anything, but it's not true. Our Madalena is alive and Diana was warned that if you tell police anything, I will kill you. Chris knows who he sold our granddaughter to, but he is involved with criminals. So again, I have a lot of questions. If Diana was sold, how come she... Why is she here? <laughs> yeah, why is she here? Where is an 11 year old getting plastic surgery? I don't know it's just <laughs> who's doing
0: plastic surgery on an 11 year old? Yeah. yeah. Um, and a lot of people online, like, I don't know the price of human trafficking, but $5 million for one girl just yeah. seems like an insane amount of money. So that is kind of it.
2: Like, I know it seems like an abrupt finish, but that is what, like, that's the chronological timeline of the case. It's such a confusing case, and I feel like it's even gotten more confusing in the last few weeks because News Nation released an article in September, so just a few weeks ago. This seems to be one of the newest updates. So the title is called Madalena Koshikari, New Theories Emerge in the Case of Missing NC Girl. And basically, it goes on that they went to North Carolina. I wonder if this is Brian. Maybe this is what he did.
0: Or it's what he posted anyways.
2: To investigate Madalena's case. And then it says, it goes into the sighting that we mentioned earlier of her being at the Lowe's grocery store. It says, there was a possible sighting at the Lowe's Foods here in Sugar Mountain. We were able to track down that video still footage and forwarded that to Cornelius. And the last sentence, which is, this is the only place I've seen this, I haven't seen it in any other sources. And I don't know if it's just because News Nation is maybe the only one still covering it or if yeah. this is I don't I don't it could be incorrect. I'm not sure. But according to News Nation, it says police said the sighting, along with the other one in California, which was at the gas station, did not turn out to be Madalena. So I'm just so confused about this because police were the ones who released the information and said that the child who looked to be Madalena was seen with Octavian at this grocery store and now according to news nation it's not her
0: i watched the video that like probably went with this article and the police said they looked at the videos and were able to tell it wasn't her so i don't know if maybe when they first said it they hadn't seen the videos yet but it seems like i don't know why they would just like prematurely say
7: that on December 16th, a woman reported seeing a girl resembling Madalena with a male companion.
0: There was a possible sighting at
8: the uh, Lowe's Foods here in Sugar Mountain. We were able to track down videos, steal footage of that and forwarded that to Cornelius,
7: but police say the sighting and another one in California did not turn out to be Madalena. Still, the area is vast and outdoor experts say it would be easy to stay hidden. It's
2: so I just feel like there's so much noise in this case and they've released things that contradict each other. So I'm just like, so was she, so I don't know, <laughs> was she with Diana and then Diana dropped it to Octavian and that's why Diana said she was in the presence of Madelina. Do you know what I mean? Like there's all these things that kind of lead to one story, but then if she wasn't seen with Octavian at this Lowe's, maybe that whole trail isn't correct. Yeah.
0: I think like the family is clearly all around sketchy and up to no good. But I don't know. I do feel there is a language barrier as well, which makes
2: which makes it all seem a little bit more I don't know what the word is, unbelievable. Like there's a kind of a lost in translation issue for some things, um, which makes it all seem a bit more wild. But I just I
0: don't know what's going on. I really don't. And I wonder <laughs> if it's hard for them to get information from the family who doesn't live in the country. Like, is that outside their jurisdiction? Or I guess since it's a missing kid, like, the FBI is involved. But I'm assuming that would make it more difficult. Um, I did see there was, like, a newer article. Um, some reporter somehow talked to the grandfather who lives in, what was it, Moldova? Yeah. And he was saying how he, he's very sad and he was, like, upset about it. But he also... Was saying he made it seem like the stepfather also sucks. Um, And she said that Diana wasn't ever allowed to call with Madalena unless he wasn't home because he looked down on the Moldova side of their family or something, which I thought was interesting. I asked on
2: Instagram what people thought had happened in the case, and basically every single person wrote, "The parents did something. The parents know something," and I absolutely agree. But I just can't figure out what it is. Did Diane like? Why is Diane still in jail and Christopher isn't? Do police suspect that she is the more guilty one? Um, I don't. I don't know. Like, did she really? Like, this is one of the only cases where I do feel Madelina may be alive or maybe not maybe not maybe but could be alive there is a small chance she could be alive maybe she really did want to get away from Christopher for whatever reason maybe that she if she did ask Octavian to help smuggle them out of the marriage um, but I just feel like if that was the case surely that person would have come forward now and said "Yeah, I helped them escape this abusive relationship she's fine I, I, I feel like I don't know. I, I don't really know. I, feel I My personal belief is Madalena is likely dead. I believe that something happened and the parents are covering it up, but I can't – I just can't figure out which one of them would have done it at this point.
0: Yeah, I think – usually I'd be like, there's no way that she has been smuggled and is somewhere else. But in this situation, I could maybe see Diana – handing her off to family and that being semi-plausible but then what gets me is why are we burning furniture and then there was another comment online which I was gonna look up to see if I could find an article but I didn't get to do that but I'll look after this they said that someone was it someone who like lives there or something or knows them there was apparently like random pieces of carpet cut out of the floor I don't know if that that could also be from the police with their search warrants taking evidence or why are they cutting up the carpet this
2: one of the theories so most of the comments that we had were that the parents killed them I feel like this is actually probably the most plausible theory from one of our followers called Hannah she said mum and stepdad killed her
0: he took off to get rid of the body while the mum burned the evidence that's what I was thinking because yeah um I mean it wouldn't be the first time where like the the mom is helping cover this up, basically. I don't know if he did it or she did it or what happened, but also all the like the money and all that weird stuff, that could be maybe they were paying the someone to get rid of the body or to help them cover this up or something like that
2: yeah i i the one one thing like I, I guess the most confusing thing for me is why Diana hasn't turned on Christopher if that is what happened like I guess she could be scared of him, but she's in jail now you know they she essentially never has to see him again if she confesses and says what happened i just i just don't and especially because their stories are so conflicting you think they would have worked together to i don't know to f- make a common to coordinate story. Better. <laughs> yeah. But I do do feel that is likely what happened. Instead of going to pick up things, he's dumped her somewhere along the way and they were trying to burn the evidence to get rid of it. It's just all these other noisy pieces, like about trying to get out of the relationship, finding the documents in the car that maybe instill that little bit of doubt that maybe she, you know, isn't dead. Maybe she is
0: alive. I was thinking more about it because now I'm wondering maybe it was her, even though instinct is like no it's it's the man <laughs> but cuz he's clearly kind of turned on her and is kind of throwing her under the bus to the police and being like i don't know what she's up to and yeah. they seem to be believing him since he's out on bond and his was less and they seem to be working with him so like at this point why wouldn't she turn on him
2: that's what i mean like there's she it seems like
0: she's got nothing to lose but then um i There's always – maybe she is like a battered woman and I know in some – I don't know anything about their culture, so please don't like come after me and argue with me. But like in some cultures, women learn like they should always listen to their husband and always listen to the man type of thing. Or she could just be scared of him. I don't know.
2: So, yeah, it's still like there is still some media coverage about this, you know, kind of semi-regular – I guess as Diana's still in jail, we will hear more um, But a very sad case about a child who
0: slipped through the cracks again. Yeah, definitely. One other thing that people were pointing out that was weird was how the grandmother like specifically had mm. the specific story. Like, where did she get this story from? Is that what they told her? Did they tell her like, oh, we had to, like she got sold for five million dollars specifically. Like, who told her the grandma this? Yeah. If you were just pulling it out of your head, to be like, oh, I think she got like trafficked or she was sold into trafficking not like all these random details about price and
2: I feel like, like too, if there was this $5 million or if there was this evidence of Diana having bags of cash, the police would absolutely have evidence of that. Like, I doubt she could have hidden – I don't know. I shouldn't really say that because I'm like, yeah, she That's can what I was hide thinking. the cash. But I, I feel like there would be some trail or some evidence of there being all this money.
0: Yeah. I was thinking that, too. And also, like you, it was like – if I say that, people would be like, people can hide money. Okay, I don't know. I'm not a criminal doing these things, but I do feel like like, where are you just getting $5 million? Well, I guess if, they're, if he was selling her, then they'd be getting the $5 million. So where's the $5 million? Mm.
3: <sighs>
0: so Madelina
2: weighed approximately 90 pounds when she was, went missing. She was last seen wearing jeans, pink and purple and white Adidas shoes and a white T-shirt and jacket.
0: Okay, so now we're going to get into um, Charlotte Senna, where if you follow us or follow true crime remotely at all online, I'm sure you've heard this story. It was one of those ones that blew up very quickly because it was very scary. Um, Like I was saying at the start, I was upstate this weekend. Normally, I'd be about like four hours away from where this happened, but I was within an hour radius of where she was abducted. So in the morning, I would have gotten the amber alert even if I wasn't as close because I think it was the whole state. But we all got the amber alerts in the morning. We we're like, "What the heck?" So then, the people we we're with are obviously our friends, but you know, since I had this amber alert, and I start looking into it. They definitely like saw the different side of me of being like, "Guys, stop! I have to watch the press conference." Like, "Guys, stop! I have to post this or Shh, I-, I need to listen to what the governor's saying." <laughs> and they're like, "Go away." Um. <laughs> but then, even on the way home, we all the like electronic construction type signs they all said like amber alert dial like call 511 to get more info on the alert like all the way back home and then even the following day on monday when i went back to work and stuff even just like the electronic signs around here still all said it so i think they did a good job of getting the word out quickly and everywhere even though people will will get into that i'm sure debate about how long the amber alert took I think word got out pretty fast. (laughs) So start from the beginning for those who don't know the story.
3: And as a grandmother, I cannot imagine the pain they're going through.
1: Governor Hochul's somber demeanor reflecting the high concern for the safety of nine-year-old Charlotte Cena, who vanished from a popular state park 190 miles north of New York City. THIS IS A MAP OF Morrow LAKE STATE PARK, CHARLOTTE AND HER FAMILY WERE CAMPING IN AN AREA KNOWN AS LOOP A, SHE HAD BEEN RIDING HER BIKE WITH FRIENDS THEN DECIDED TO DO ONE MORE LOOP ALONE, GOOGLE STREET VIEW SHOWS THE LOOP IS A PAVED ROAD THAT PASSES THROUGH A HEAVILY WOODED AREA.
3: LITERALLY 15 MINUTES LATER SHE HADN'T COME BACK YET AND THAT'S REALLY WHEN THE NIGHTMARE begins.
1: STATE POLICE PROMPTLY INITIATED A SEARCH THAT LASTED HOURS EMPLOYING DOGS, DRONES AND BOATS. FEARS ARE GROWING. CHARLOTTE WAS ABDUCTED.
5: AFTER THAT EXHAUSTIVE SEARCH WHEN WE COULDN'T FIND HER HERE, IT WAS uh, QUITE POSSIBLE THAT uh, AN ABDUCTION HAD TAKEN PLACE.
1: THE GOVERNOR SAID WORK TO PINPOINT PEOPLE WHO MIGHT HAVE ENCOUNTERED CHARLOTTE INCLUDE SPECIALIZED TECHNOLOGY.
3: WE BROUGHT IN TECHNOLOGY EXPERTS ALSO TO ANALYZE other forms of
5: communications in the park at that time. I really don't want to get into uh, the, the cameras and uh, the, the the technological aspects of our of our investigation and our search at this time, but I can assure you we are doing everything we can to reunite Charlotte with her family.
0: Charlotte was camping with her family in in the Moreau Lake State Park in New York on September 30th. Charlotte and her friends, some say cousin, the governor said friends she considered cousins. They were out for a bike ride and they were doing like this little loop that was located around their cabin. Of course, Charlotte decided to go for one last ride by herself around six fifteen, and after like fifteen minutes or so, she hadn't returned. So the family and friends and them started looking for her. By six forty-five, searchers had found Charlotte's abandoned bicycle on the trail, and they called 911 to report her missing. Um, Lieutenant Colonel Richard Mazone from the New York State Police said At approximately 6.45 p.m., Charlotte's bike was located in Loop A, and at 6.47 p.m., Charlotte's mom, Tricia, called 911 to report her missing. New York State police arrived at the park by 7 p.m., and they started searching right away, and it continued overnight. Authorities used drones, canine officers, aviation, water search, rescue teams. Like They had a lot of resources out very quickly looking for her. An Amber Alert for Charlotte was issued the following day on sunday october 1st 2023 at 7 a.m um authorities were questioned as to why it had taken so long to issue the amber alert and a lot of people online have been in an uproar about that but we've talked about this in episodes before charlotte's case didn't technically meet the usual criteria for an amber alert according to the amber alert website The recommended criteria is that there is enough descriptive information about the victim and the abduction for law enforcement to issue an Amber Alert. So usually this means there's some sort of description of the abductor or maybe like a vehicle involved. And with Charlotte, there was none of these things. So that kind of delayed the alert being issued. Each state is different. That's why it says the recommended criteria. I know New York has within the last couple of years, made it a little less strict, but still it said that one can be issued if the police believe that the child was abducted and is in like immediate danger, but that they need to have reasonable cause or something, which basically meant like someone had to see her maybe get abducted, or they needed something leaning towards that she was abducted, and it seems like they had nothing, just that she was gone. So then they had to search the whole park, like, they did this massive search with all the things to prove that she was not in the park. And then after that, they were able to say, we can infer that she's been abducted. So that's why it took so long. It wasn't just, like, the police being lazy and things like that. It does bring up this debate that comes up time and time again with Amber Alerts. Like, I understand why the criteria is there, because if it's for every kid who goes missing for a couple hours and turns up because they just ran away oh. or got lost in the woods or something, people would take them less seriously. But there also are many cases that could benefit from some sort of alert being sent out. So, I mean, that's a the debate that's out of my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Lieutenant Colonel Richard Mazone said Following our exhaustive search of the park, we took that step of issuing the Amber Alert because we felt after the exhaustive search, we couldn't find her. It was quite possible that an abduction had taken place. Governor Kathy Hochul gave an update on October 1st. She said, we're leaving no stone, no branch, no table, no cabin, unturned, untouched, unexamined. In our search to find Charlotte, we'll keep the members of the public updated. I promised her parents we'd find their daughter. She's all of our daughters. Their family needs love. They need prayers. The governor also gave updates on the search. She said authorities had been using air patrols, state police, FBI bloodhounds, New York State Park police, forest rangers, underwater rescue teams, and two drones. More than 100 people had been actively searching the park looking for Charlotte as well. Charlotte's aunt Jean Senna spoke on behalf of the family saying that they are praying for their little girl's safe return. They also said, No tip is insignificant, so if anyone has any information at all, saw anything in the vicinity of the entrance of the Moreau Lake State Park, or are camping here and have any information at all.
2: So this is where things kind of started to change in the case. At 4.20am on Monday, October 2, a man named Craig Ross Jr., who was 46, went to the home of Charlotte's parents and put a note in their mailbox. The note was a ransom note and police believe Charlotte may have been forced to write it. In the letter, Craig asked for $50,000 in return for Charlotte's safe recovery. There was a state trooper stationed at the house, but Craig managed to drive away without being apprehended. There's been a ton of questions about this, like how could that have happened? This case could have been over and done with then. Um, the state police and the governor's office said they would not comment due to an ongoing investigation. That was from the Times Union. But according to the Daily Mail, the state trooper had been called away to another incident right at the time that Craig had dropped the note off, which seems really fortunate. I don't know. I feel like, I know, I don't know. It's a whole other debate, I guess. But you can't, I don't know. (laughs) Just, (laughs) Just, a it's a whole other debate. It'll be interesting to see what comes out about the state trooper. Yeah. So authorities investigated the note and by 2.30pm that day they had obtained a fingerprint. They identified Craig as the suspect. His prints were on file from a 1999 arrest for driving while intoxicated in New York. The governor later gave a summary of the event, events. She said at 4.20am Monday the car pulls up to the mailbox, something is left. State police immediately go to the mailbox and identify what is the ransom note that had been left behind. State police worked diligently trying to find a match for the fingerprint. The first one they tried wasn't successful. Second one was to identify any other prints in the New York State database that would be a match. So after they identified it was Craig, it took them another four hours to track down where he was living. Um, They found him on a trailer in the backyard of his mother's property. They raided the trailer. When they got there, Craig was said to be in his underwear and police have said that he resisted arrest. Charlotte was found safe in a cupboard cabinet-type thing in the trailer at around 6.30 p.m. on October 2. This is some information about kind of the raid and the arrest. It says, so a little more research and working to identify the location and identifying the fact that there was a home they could visit. They found a double-wide house with a woman who is the suspect's mother. The suspect lived in the camper behind. They have what they call a dynamic entry, a tactical manoeuvre, and within the camper they located the suspect. Governor Hochul said about Charlotte, she knew she was being rescued, she knew she was in safe hands. So Craig owned a vehicle that was registered to a property two miles away from Charlotte's home. Charlotte's family have made a statement after she was returned to them. She said, we are thrilled that she's home and we understand that the outcome is not what every family gets. A huge thank you to the FBI, the New York State Police, all of the agencies, all of the friends, family, community and neighbours who worked tirelessly to bring Charlotte home. So after Craig was arrested, police asked the public for help. They asked for anyone who had video footage and they listed a whole bunch of roads and areas in the city for anyone to check their footage for. Police have also said that additional charges are expected to be laid. Craig has so far been charged with first degree kidnapping. Police haven't confirmed if Charlotte was specifically targeted or if Craig somehow came across her randomly while she was out riding her bike.
8: I'VE BEEN PRAYING FOR 48 HOURS SINCE I GOT THE FIRST AMBER ALERT.
1: CAROL BROWN LIVES JUST DOWN THE ROAD FROM THE LOCATION WHERE POLICE FOUND CHARLOTTE SENNA HIDDEN IN A TRAILER BEHIND THE SUSPECT'S MOTHER'S HOME. BROWN KNEW SOMETHING WAS UP MONDAY NIGHT AS HER QUIET NEIGHBORHOOD EXPLODED WITH ACTIVITY.
8: THEN THE ENTIRE ROAD LIT UP RIGHT HERE um, WITH POLICE OFFICERS WITH A HELICOPTER OVERHEAD, um, JUST LIKE OUT OF A MOVIE.
1: This drama had a happy ending, Charlotte, shaken but in good physical condition. Suspect Craig N. Ross, age 46, grabbed by members of a local SWAT team. He's charged with kidnapping Charlotte from Moreau Lake State Park as she biked on Saturday. The governor says Ross set the stage for his own arrest by visiting the girl's home, putting a ransom note in the family mailbox early Monday morning.
7: Leaving
8: a critical piece of evidence behind. His own fingerprint.
1: A check of the print led cops to the suspect within hours. Witnesses say the assembled first responders erupted with applause when Charlotte was found in good condition. As for Ross,
8: my family had an issue with him in the beginning of the summer.
1: Carol Brown says she came outside one day as her young grandson was in the yard.
8: And standing over him, right over him with his back to me, was that man. And my heart sank.
1: You confronted him, he got on his bike and he rode away.
8: Yes. And I believe with all my heart after last night that probably my grandson was this close.
1: So the suspect gave the court a different address in Porter Corners, New York. We checked that address in Porter Corners is literally just around the corner from where the Senna family lives. And that raises all kinds of questions about whether Charlotte was known to the suspect and whether he targeted her. That uh, address in Porter Corners was searched today along with other locations. This is still a very active investigation. The suspect remanded to jail without bail
2: so i I believe i read somewhere that he may be doing court again on friday which is tomorrow your time so i don't know if the charges will be laid then but as of the time of recording that is all he has been charged with is first degree kidnapping
0: if there's an update i'll
2: add in a clip yeah there's been a lot of speculation about what the additional charges would be i guess if there was sexual abuse it may be related to that um i don't know i hope i hope that's not what it is but i guess we will find out in the next few days Craig does have adult children and other children. One of his sons is named Joshua and Joshua spoke to the media. He said, he's in jail. We want nothing to do with him. I couldn't give a fuck. If the dude dropped dead tomorrow, I couldn't care less. He's disgusting. He's gross and he should die. He told Fox News, yeah, he's my father, but why do I have to deal with this shit? Everyone is asking me all of this. I don't know anything. I hate him and I hope he dies in prison. So he's made his feelings very clear. Honestly, yeah. (laughs) Love that energy. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminds me, well, not really, but like you know I, you, you sometimes you forget that there are family on the other end of this. Like Rex Human's family, you just think, gosh, all these things these people now have to deal with because they have a creep of a family member. Yeah, definitely sucks. The New York Post do report that Craig apparently has an 11-year-old daughter as well as other sons. It says police descended Monday on the property where he allegedly cared for his 11-year-old daughter a few days a week and his two sons reportedly lived with him at the address. So there are other children involved. Neighbours told the Daily Mail that Craig suffered from multiple sclerosis and that he had recently moved back to his mother's property due to his condition. So there has been some more information coming out about Craig's, I guess, past legal troubles. In 2017, he apparently squeezed his girlfriend's neck so hard that she couldn't breathe, only stopping when she fell to her knees. He pled guilty to second-degree harassment in the case after initially being charged with criminal obstruction of breathing or blood circulation. He was issued a restraining order against the girlfriend and he was fined $50. So that's a big penalty, Oh, 50 bucks. Um, in terms of Craig ever committing other crimes against children, the Times Union have reported that he was investigated at one point for the possible sexual abuse of a 12 year old girl. This is a quote from the article that says the incident was alleged to have occurred more than a year ago, but the complaint against Craig Ross Jr. was filed this summer. State police closed that investigation last month without filing any charges against Craig, who has denied the girl's allegations. So that is it as far as what we know, I guess, in the Charlotte Center case. Um, obviously, this will be an ongoing legal process and we will learn more. It's only
0: been a few days since she was found. Yeah. Obviously, everyone is hoping that um, she wasn't like assaulted in any way. Normally, I would think that's probably the case. But I'm hoping with this one, it really seems like money was the main motive because if it wasn't why would he risk it all to leave a ransom note unless he's really that fucking stupid to just like go right to their house and leave a note in their mailbox i know it seems like he must have been pretty desperate for just, money he almost
2: that. could have got away with it it's just that fingerprint you know if he had been a little bit more careful he somehow got out of there without the police getting him like it was just dumb luck really
0: yeah Where. Or- I'm hoping, anyways, that if it was more like a pedophile, sexually motivated thing, he wouldn't have done that. Or he's just a horrible piece of shit idiot where he really thought that he could have it all the money and this poor girl. Um, Another thing, a lot of people online, there was a lot of like local chat about this one that I was able to follow. I was posting some of it on patreon because it was before it was like official and sometimes i don't feel comfortable posting rumors on our instagram account or facebook just well, on facebook people kind of post on their own but i don't want to perpetuate like misinformation or rumors but there was a lot of people saying that he was a sex offender or like known to have sex crimes against children i haven't i don't think he was a sex offender because i don't see him in the registry but (laughs) maybe that one you were talking about unless other people knew about that as well there's also a ton. I don't know exactly the whole story, but I'm assuming you saw it too. People saying like he was brothers with another guy with the same last name that was just arrested uh, yeah. recently for stalking.
2: But I'm pretty sure that guy's they're not name brothers. Was Charles, because yeah. was Charles and Craig. Yeah,
0: but I'm pretty sure they're not brothers.
2: No, I don't. Um, think, I haven't
0: seen that either. Ross is a common name, so I did see some annoying comments as well of people being like, "Why are the parents like not on TV crying and?" Why are the parents, like, not showing their faces? Like, that's really weird. Maybe if she was missing for longer, I'd expect them to, like, show their faces eventually to try to appeal to the public. I don't think it's that weird. With all I know about true crime in the internet and how a lot of shitty people respond to things, I would not want to be putting my face out there. It'd be the last thing I'd be worrying about. I'd be worrying about, like, obviously finding my child and helping the police in whatever way I can. But I wouldn't want to put my face out there because that as we know, people on the internet will insert themselves and just kind of tear you apart because maybe you didn't cry hard enough in that moment and things like that. Yeah. So
2: it's a like we were talking about it at the time when she was missing and I was like this. I really didn't think it was going to end well. Oh, no way. No. It was a very unexpected and, you know, happy outcome, which you don't often get in stranger abductions like this.
0: I kept hoping it was going to be another Cleo from Australia. Yeah. But the chance, I knew the chances were pretty slim, but I was shocked that they, they found her alive. So I guess today
2: we've got two kind of polar opposite cases. Um I guess, you know, there is that slight chance that Madalena is alive too, but it will probably not end well. And then you have this kind of miraculous case where a child is found. And they did say she was in good health. They didn't elaborate any more than that. So I take that to mean, you know, she wasn't severely physically injured. Obviously, we don't
0: know what else happened. I said the same
2: thing about Cleo or
0: something yeah. similar? Because I remember it was a big debate. I think it just means, like, her arm wasn't cut off yeah. or something. Yeah. Like, she wasn't obviously Dying harmed or, like, or injured. yeah. 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 Yeah, so I'm sure more will come out. The guy is so fucking scary looking. Mm -hmm. Um, The picture they released of him, like nothing going on in that brain, it looks like just carnival music. Um, Mm -hmm. You did find other photos where he looked like less of a degenerate. So (laughs) I don't know. Um, But yeah, I guess that's it for her story. Everything that we talk about will be on the blog. That's at truecrimestudyblog.com. Follow us on Instagram at True Crime Society. That is where we probably post the most and are most active. You follow our personal Instagram accounts. Mine is StephSum underscore Olivia's TCS Olivia if you want to see what we're up to. And we have our Patreon if you want to hear these episodes ad free, get them a little bit earlier. We do weekly bonus episodes as well. Like we just recorded one on Urban Legends. We're going to be doing some more Halloween type spooky stuff, not the typical true crime stuff so if you want to hear more from us you go there and make sure you leave us nice reviews and comments on whatever platform you're on make sure you're subscribed and you know like share it with a pal like help us out (laughs) 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 um sorry i sounded so stuffy hopefully it won't upset you too much (laughs) all right well thanks for listening stay safe out there everyone peace out see ya